Hey everybody, welcome back to Intelligame Radio. I'm your host, Josh Boykin, founder of Intelligame.us, a game culture criticism site where we find intersections between games and the world around us. This week, our episode of Intelligame Radio is going to be a little bit different. Instead of our typical segmented site... Oh gosh. Instead of our typical segmented show, we're going to do just sort of a quick recap of PAX East, which took place in Boston a couple of weeks ago. Penny Arcade Expo is a increasingly indie-focused space where gamers of all stripes come together and have the opportunity to share in the experience that is uh, both indie and AAA gaming with panels and tons of things to see on the show floor. It's a really awesome show and is becoming one of my favorite parts of the convention circuit. To join me in this discussion about PAX is, of course, the fantastic Jenny Wyndham, Kim yeah. Chica. Yeah, Hi. See, you know, yeah, how's it feel to get complimented, Jenny? Dang it. <laughs> yeah, I know I know what you did over there on the I Telegram know, Club. I had to throw it in. Dang it. Uh, Getting yeah, a taste uh, of my own medicine. <laughs> Uh, Jenny is the Intelligame Club curator. If you're not following Intelligame Club, it is our monthly discussion group where we take on a game book club style. And you can find out more about it at anchor.fm slash Club, all one word, or you can search for Intelligame Club on the website. I wanted to get us started talking a little bit about sort of PAX as a, as a whole. What is it about PAX East that... Um, this was your first time there? Second time. Second Wait, time? I no, never remember. Actually, it was my third time. Third time. <gasps> um, the So the first time I went, it was interesting because I was still working for Utomic. And so I was there purely as a content creator, uh, just able to sort of enjoy wandering and uh, exploring the booths, playing games, and just really helping scope out really neat games for Utomic as well as just covering all of the, the event and last year, I was there with Rose City Games with our first title, uh, The World Next Door, which was really wild. We actually launched the game the first day of PAX East, which that's was a lot, lot to take yeah, on. Yeah, it was a lot. That's a, um, yeah, that's a real busy weekend. Yes. I had a blast. I hope we never launch a game the same day as a convention ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting it out there into the world. <laughs> But um, yeah, so this was my third time, and we were there this time showing off uh, two of our games, one that we're helping co-publish called Garden Story, this amazing, cute, cozy game by Picogram. And the other game is one that we just recently announced, relatively recently, called Floppy Nights, which is super fun. It's by Marlo Doby, so really excited that uh, people got to play it finally. Yeah, I've... Full disclosure, I was helping work the Rose City booth over the course of the show. So I helped a lot of people find out about Garden Story, which is, I think, a really awesome game. And I was glad to have the opportunity. But there are just so many different things that go on at PAX mm -hmm. East, right? So at yeah. any PAX event. And South was the same way. We were just down there in January. Mm -hmm. um, it's really amazing to see the different kinds of communities that come together over the course of the show. What were some of your favorite moments at the booth? Oh gosh, at the booth. That's rough. Um, <laughs> there's, it's such a blur. The coolest part was when like the, the audible squeals from Garden Story, like people would walk by and you could just hear them like 
Like you could hear them squeal because, and you knew exactly what they were looking at. Like you knew that it was Garden Story that was making them do that. Uh, and I, I absolutely love that feeling of being able to be a part of showing this game and getting people excited about a game that is just very near and dear to my heart. I love it so much. Um, but I think the all-time best moment at the booths between Garden Story and Floppy Nights was when for Floppy Nights, there was a family and, and three girls, three really young girls who like pushed through. Uh, Marlo uh, and I were talking to a member of the press. These girls pushed through our legs and like ran up to the, the station and they were like cheering and so excited to play. Aww. And it was the absolute cutest thing. And so like seeing the kids playing our games just kind of like warmed a special place in my heart because that's been a goal for our studios like we don't want to make games that are just for adults who play games we want games for that kids can enjoy with their families so yeah it's yeah. it's one of the nice things i think about the indie space as a whole the mm -hmm. indie mega booth which is uh, a sort of large curation large group gathering of indie games that uh, that take up an increasingly large portion of the pack show floor, mm -hmm. um, I feel like I saw more. I saw more games that would be family friendly or generally approachable, less grim, dark, less gritty. You know, yeah. traditional gamer. And it, I love that that feels like it makes the space more welcoming as a whole. And working the Garden Story booth, where we're working a wholesome game you're also more likely to hear about other wholesome games that were popular. Mm -hmm. And there were tons of other indie games out there on the floor that people were really excited about. Um, what were what were a couple of the games that you were excited about aside from the Rose City titles? Oh my gosh. I mean, I can't, you can't not talk about Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not an indie game, so it's like kind of off brand for me, but. Animal um, Crossing is going to disrupt the world next, next week, but in a good so, way. It's yeah. the, it is the reprieve we need. It's everything I ever wanted, ever needed, and ever will need in a game. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited for Animal Crossing. Um, I mean, so of course there's that. The booth that they had was unreal. I think it's probably my favorite booth that I've seen in any game convention I've ever attended. Wow. Uh, like they had this amazing projection where the water on the coast and the waterfall looked like it was real. Um, they had like a little campfire and a tent. Like what I absolutely love about Animal Crossing that so many also indie games are doing with their like smaller booth spaces is they're not just creating a station for you to sit and play a game. They're creating this full experience, immersing you into the world and sort of the mentality of the game itself, which is why, yeah. um, which is why I think packs and events like packs are so special is because, of course, you can play a demo anywhere, um, you know, provided it's available online. But to be able to kind of immerse yourself physically in a space that the developers or creators themselves have created and tried to curate to like enhance your experience of their game is like very cool. Um, another game that really stood out to me that maybe wasn't quite wholesome, but did such a beautiful job in like creating that demo experience was called Ambition, a Minuet in Power. Oh, sure. It's so fun. I can't wait to dive into this game some more. It was this like roguelite visual novel, right? 
That's oh my a strange gosh. combination. Yeah, where you play this woman of fashion in 18th century Paris and your fiance has gone missing and you don't know what has happened. Um, could be some like sabotage in sort of French politics. It could be like maybe he just got cold feet. You don't know. Um, and so through this visual novel format, you're supposed to explore France and establish yourself as as a woman uh, into positions of power. Really interesting stuff. And the mm. booth was awesome because they had someone in cosplay, like full French, like wig, corset, pe- peplum. I don't know what it's called. Oh, I don't know. Lots either. of puffy skirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had someone in cosplay. They had like their, the table that the stations were on looked like a fancy dining table with like the beautiful candles and they had a little chandelier. It was awesome. So you felt very sophisticated as you were playing and trying to like get to know folks in the party scene and wear the right outfits. Oh, really great game. So I'm very excited. Yeah. I think both of those games looked really good. I just, uh, I'm I'm excited for games to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ambition, but it's by Joy Manufacturing Co. Check it out. I'm so nice. excited about that one. Yeah, there are, there are a couple of games, and I I should be responsible like you are, but I will I will put them in the show notes the the names of the creators who made them. Uh, the couple games that I saw that I was pretty I, I think I I really heard other people tell me to go check out, and I was like, oh, it turned out that looks really good. Uh, were Spiritfarer and it's oh. <laughs> <laughs> such an undistinguished grunt for such a beautiful game <laughs> it, it's there were so many people um so spirit is a game where you are working to to help shuttle spirits onto the afterlife mm-hmm. um and one of the things i think jenny you had brought this up is that the different characters that you are helping to to escort into the afterlife their stories are modeled after stories from members of the development team Mm -hmm. and so there's this really not only is it just a a gorgeously animated um very approachable very it, it feels like a very loving game and you're doing a little bit of like base building and ship development and interacting with these characters but you're also getting some really personal stories there as well mm-hmm. um also a, a game that i'm i'm really intrigued to figure out whether or not it'll end up having a cozy feel is hard space shipbreaker um, yeah 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 this is a this is a game where you are essentially you have been You've signed a bad contract and you <laughs> and you are essentially eternally contracted to help break up these these big spaceships. You're basically mm-hmm. breaking them down to make uh, a sort of like big space railroad by using the the tools that come from uh, these ships that you're breaking down. But right. breaking down these ships is actually also dangerous because you never know if you might like cut a fuel line or um something like that and cause an explosion the people who came by and said that they had played the demo said that it has this strange peaceful feeling it almost feels a bit like subnautica in that Mm -hmm. it creates this this sort of flow but i also talked with the creative director trey smith about the game a bit and what's really intriguing to me is that this focuses on a really blue collar story this Mm -hmm. is about somebody who doesn't necessarily have the 
option to just walk away from this exceptionally dangerous work. And there also are some ties to real world situations that this story is based on that I think are fascinating and also um, kind of heartbreaking. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of ways that like the indie game scene, there's a lot of IntelliGames out there. And I'm super excited uh, to see what these what these narratives carry. Yeah, that one I didn't get a chance to to play itself uh, or play myself, but I did watch the demo quite a bit and it looked really good. But also there are two areas in games, two environments that really kind of put me like give me the sweaty palm feeling and space and deep sea are the two. And oh, so, really? Sub- yeah, like Subnautica, I it was I could I know that there's an ability to turn on like basically sandbox mode and just explore and not have any danger but it's just a little bit too sweaty palm for me i can't i can't play subnautica it feels too much (laughs) like a horror game like anything could go wrong at any moment because for me it did when i did play (laughs) and um hard space shipbreaker had that kind of same feel for me where it looked really fun i think once you get the mechanics it looks like it'll be really really entertaining to play especially because the disasters kind of play out in sometimes really comical ways especially when you watch someone trying to fix a ship in space like there's potentially going to be a lot of like really entertaining moments from that but like it looked so good that like the idea of just being in space fixing something in this dangerous situation made me nervous and not comfortable at all. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm really is, excited. Yeah, I guess this is why uh, folks who listened to our last episode of IntelliGame Radio know some underwater games that might be a little bit more Jenny's speed. Yep. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to episode three, definitely uh, it's it's still available on the yes. internet. Yeah. Yes. Wherever so, the internet is oh, sold. Yeah, right? <laughs> wherever your wherever podcasts are sold. Nobody's selling podcasts. Nobody. <laughs> Actually, I think... Never mind. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> um, so PAX has obviously plenty of games. We've only, we've only touched on like a, a precious few. But there also are tons of other parts of, of PAX that I think are really worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And it's really about the community building PAX is a a series of shows that really relies on um, or creates a space for people to be able to meet with other gamers to learn from people in a bunch of different spaces in the industry and a lot of that comes from panels Mm -hmm. and you were on a pretty significant number of panels this year if i recall correctly significant i feel like especially how many is an insignificant number number that's that's fair i think i have friends who've who are winning these compliments you are winning the compliments today gosh darn it's because i have cold brain so (laughs) so i'm at a disadvantage at this point but I think um, I it just I have friends who were on, you know, upwards of seven, eight to double digit almost panels. So I think comparing yeah, to them with 11 panels, 11 panels, I am like, please, you you don't have to be on panels. No, that's <laughs> Anya should be on panels. But also, yeah, I hope fantastic. Big I hope Anya got sleep. <laughs> um, I had the opportunity to moderate one panel that. I was very, very proud of and very, very excited for. Um, and then I participated on two other panels. So I did three. There you go. Yeah. Our plan 
was to air the the cozy panel here on Intelligame Radio, the panel that you got to moderate. And I was mm-hmm. a panelist on, so I'm mm-hmm. thankful for that. Um, it was a fantastic panel that unfortunately has vanished into the ether. No. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> the recording for it is gone, which is upsetting. We are going to be able to air, however, the Networking for Introverts panel, which Jenny, you were a part of, Mm -hmm. uh, was moderated by the fantastic Victoria Tran, Evolved Meat Unit and Communications Director at Kit Fox Games, (laughs) uh, which I I don't know. I I met Victoria for the first time this show, and she's so cool. Uh, I can only aspire to be as cool, but I feel that way all the time when I am with Jenny, so. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. You're just, I'm just like I'm really trying to. I'm on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. We got a plan to sort of get the gang back together to have a discussion related to what you put together for the cozy panel. But mm-hmm. tell me what it was like moderating this panel at PAX East. I mean, we did it at PAX South, and it was mm-hmm. uh, it was well received. How did it feel in Boston? Felt real good at Boston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, I was, you know, it's something that I am so passionate about. And I think every time I've been able to share this topic with any number of people, it's been just a really true, truly just awesome experience and joy and honor. Um, PAX East was really special because not only um, did I feel really comfortable with the subject matter because I had done this panel a couple of other times at uh, other conventions. We had mentioned PAX South. I also brought this to Geek Girl Con and Oricon, um, which are more, I would say, like local events. PAX East definitely is the biggest place I, I brought this topic. And so it felt really good to not only have a good a sense of how I wanted to facilitate the conversation, but also like Every time I do this, I've brought slightly different groups of panelists together. And so it's really exciting for me because the conversation always ends up just a little bit different and I always end up learning something new. And so PAX East was just wonderful in that regard. And I could go on forever, but I'll try not to because I know we're talking about it next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for for those who are looking for for more, check back in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... In the meantime, you were also a participant on a couple of different panels. And what was it like doing those experiences? You had the Networking for Introverts panel. And then mm-hmm. what was your other one? Uh, the Hidden Gems of PAX East panel as Ooh. well. And Dylan was the one who moderated that one. Fantastic. How, yeah. how did it feel being able to, to be on those stages and share your information? Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it, it's really nice to be able to be in a position where I feel like I have information to share. I guess it was one of those things, uh, especially at the introverts panel where I look around and I'm, I'm sitting, you know, next to Chris, who is an amazing, Chris Wolf. Yeah. Who's an amazing just person in the indie space in his own right. You know, we've got Anya far, far on the other side of the table, who's knocking it out of the park with 11 panels. Like, um, you know, and working for Kickstarter and working for Kickstarter. We had Davion who is doing She Dreams Elsewhere, who we've already spoken with him and Victoria. It's, it was really surreal to be in a place where I'm like, I feel like I have things to share and I'm excited to share them. So I think from that like selfish standpoint, (laughs) um, that was really neat. But what was really cool about all of the panels was to see that there are so many folks 
interested in relating to like the same topics that we were. Um, to know that there are so many other people who feel awkward when trying to network, you know, that it's you, you're not alone in that feeling. Uh, to know that so many people love wholesome and cozy games, you're not alone in that feeling. And like with the hidden gems of PAX East, knowing that other people really are excited about finding and celebrating maybe what other people have not been able to to unearth quite yet. Um, so I think that's kind of the best part of these panels is just being able to find, like you said, the community uh, in these topics that perhaps when you're not at a convention aren't as readily accessible to you. Right. And the for folks who were not there, uh, you should know that both of those panels were exceptionally well attended. The uh, cozy panel was I mean, they don't allow standing room, but it was like one in, one out by the time the panel started going. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there were tons of people who are interested in those topics. And I think it's also relevant that you bring up that idea of community building. I mean, we're recording this uh, as a number of events have been canceled mm-hmm. kind of all around the country, getting to be all around the world in the wake of the coronavirus. And so it's been interesting seeing the ways that w- People are trying to create digital community since it's very difficult for us to be able to build that physical community. I feel really thankful that we had this opportunity at PAX East uh, to be able to come together sort of before a lot of these cancellations took place. But it does uh, remind me just how important these communities are and that supporting these creators, supporting these artists, um, supporting these digital spaces that are popping up. Are, it's going to be critical as we as we find ways to to help prop each other up and stay inspired, mm-hmm. and hopefully you know things like what you're doing and the and the panels that, that you're on uh, will help keep people motivated as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's you know, and it was interesting because I was talking with about panels and doing these things with. Um, with a student the other day about how like it's really inspiring not only just to attend PAX and like be a part of these panels but also having the opportunity to attend panels and see see folks being passionate about these various topics it's really inspiring and what's been cool is seeing folks reach out to me afterwards and say like hey I saw your panel or topic on this I'm really inspired. I want to do this now, like at this event that's local to my place. And I want to do this now, like at a pack someday. And I think that's another thing that's really resonated with me. This particular PAX East is like how being able to have a platform and stand up and talk about what you love and being visible in that way is really powerful and inspiring for like people in the future and people coming up into the space um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to see that continue both uh, at future PAXs, but also like you were saying, in finding ways that the digital space will allow that perhaps to become even more accessible, you know, depending on how how we're how long we're going to be utilizing these digital communities in the near future. I think finding ways to just increase our activity there is going to be interesting. Yeah, you know, this this coming week was supposed to be GDC, which was sort of the mm-hmm. first of the long line of, of events that were can't either postponed or canceled. Mm-hmm. And what has been, I think, the most um, the most reaffirming to me is seeing a number of these organizations or groups of people that have gotten together to try and 
and make new spaces or to support people who are going to be having a difficult time because of the financial investments uh, that they made into these spaces. So mm-hmm. uh, Wings Fund is, I think it's wingsfund.me slash GDC relief mm-hmm. is putting together a, a fundraiser to try and help developers who were, who are experiencing financial hardship because of the commitments they made to GDC. Uh, there's also GameDev.World, uh, run by Rami Ismail, that is partnering with GDC to air some of these talks virtually so that mm-hmm. people are able to come together for that. Um, we also see this past weekend, by the time this airs, uh, the Very Very Shopping Network. The yeah. uh, uh, Emerald City Comic Con was, was supposed to be this weekend, this past weekend, and was canceled. And so uh, this the folks over at Very Very Spaceship organized a big digital QVC style showcase of different people who would have been showing at Emerald City Comic Con and coordinated with the hashtag uh, ECCC online for a number of different creators who are putting their things on sale. Some of those sales may even be running past the weekend. So when you hear this, I would encourage you to to check out that hashtag on Twitter. And a big shout out to both Jaslyn and Jenya for putting that effort together. It's been really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm sure there's something I'm missing. What what other digital events or, or organizations have you seen come together to in the last few days? I mean, what's been really cool, uh, I know Wholesome Games <laughs> has been exploring and starting to curate some sort of like Nindie style direct showcase that they're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and any indie developer who's creating a game within the Wholesome genre, um, I believe they're still taking submissions so if you are interested visit their twitter it's uh, at underscore wholesome games yep and you can submit your game to be considered i'm super excited about that one i believe amanda farrow is also curating um specifically like women genderqueer non-binary indie game devs um for a virtual showcase uh i don't believe she mentioned what outlet she's doing that through but i know that whatever it is it's amanda it's going to be great yeah absolutely. um <laughs> so that's going to be really awesome to check out and see uh there is another i think um the mix is doing an event called fill the void this thursday where they've partnered with ign to showcase indie games that were going to be showcased at the mix gdc wow. but aren't uh because gdc was canceled indie bits fest also is doing an online festivity. So there's just a huge number of broadcasts and online showcases just popping up now because of the need. I mean, I'm personally quite excited for it because I think at many of these showcases, because they were physical, there were was always going to be a certain amount of limitation in terms of people being able to access it if they weren't able to physically be in that space. So I think if there is to be a silver lining in this, I'm excited that perhaps some of these games may reach an audience that they weren't able to initially because they were only going to be shown in a physical space versus a um, both physical and digital. So, of course, these showcases, I'm not happy that they're having to be canceled, but I'm hoping that it allows more people to, like, because it's on their radar now, be able to, like, check out some of these new digital showcases i think if anything the ways that we've seen these changes in these responses just speaks to the flexibility and the the care and compassion 
that exists in the game space right now. We've seen even a number of larger companies make responses. Mm -hmm. Discord uh, increased their go live cap from like 10 people per server to 50 people per server so that classrooms that want to do screen sharing and and try and hold classes online are able to do so. Um, There are a ton of different game sales that are taking place. I saw a number of games on itch.io, which is an amazing indie games platform that more people need to know about. Um, But there are a bunch of people who are like, hey, here's my game that I usually sell. But if you're going to be stuck in your house for the next 14 plus days, like just just take the game like have have mm-hmm. a thing to do have a way to stay connected um in the intelligame discord we've added a, a co-working space where we have uh the ability to queue up a radio station and people can come together and and chat and do some virtual co-working and we took that idea from other people like burst of hope jess in the um in the discord and in the intelligame community made the suggestion in the first place there are tons of ways that people are, are responding to this this sort of crisis with an outpouring of, of love and support and thoughtfulness. And I think it's really great that we in the game space have this opportunity to take care of each other, even if um, even if the reasons for which uh, we're doing it are, are pretty unfortunate. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the ways that you feel like you're seeing your own uh, sort of like workflow or the ways that you've interacted with others shift as as we have these these sort of more introvert moments, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's funny, and we were talking about this before the podcast, but truthfully, as an introvert, I've been like really happy to, in the sense of um, like, it's now totally okay for me to be like, hey, I'm going to chill at home. Yeah. And it's it's very weird. And I was thinking about it because it's like, I should always feel comfortable just telling folks when I'm like ready to check out or I need to be at home or I need that time for myself to recharge. Right. Um, and so it's kind of interesting just being in a position where like that is not – sort of second guessed or questioned by some folks, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of like workflow and just sort of dealing with an adjusted sort of lifestyle in that sense, I think, I I don't know, I've I've personally really enjoyed it. I think it's really not great that a crisis like this is what's allowing me to say, hey, like, I'm going to be really conscious of rest time. I'm going to be extra conscious of like, when I'm working from home, making sure to take my walking breaks so I can get like my 10,000 steps in. Um, But I've noticed actually my habits while working have become better (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I am so much more conscious of like just my health, the state of my health as well as like the state of my coworkers' health and how they're doing. Like I've noticed we're all kind of – we always ask each other how we're doing and what's what's going on, but like lately we've all kind of been a little bit more like, hey, no, but how do you really feel? Like, right. how are you doing? <laughs> so um, it's just been really interesting. But honestly, like working from home has been a blast. Um, we've set up <laughs> really good processes at, at Rose City in terms of like keeping our work visible and being accountable and communicating with each other online via our Asana, which is our project managing tool, mm-hmm. um, so that it it hasn't felt too weird. 
in that respect. So I think I've been very lucky in that sense. Yeah, there's been a lot of of discussion online about work from home, work from home culture, and Mm -hmm. the number of us who and I I think for a lot of us who are are lucky enough or privileged enough to have the opportunity to make those changes. Like Mm -hmm. there have been a lot of ways for us to be able to hopefully still be able to build good community. I know I've seen some folks who have said like, yo, I'm, I'm actually an extrovert. So this is a really rough time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not one of those people, <laughs> one of those right. people um, as I, I guess they call it an ambivert. There are definitely ways that I, I feel like I'm, I'm frustrated because I'm missing interactions with the people I care about. But I also value this opportunity to kind of in the same way, like I can have trouble saying, sorry, I I can't come out tonight or don't want to come out tonight. And this has been an opportunity to be like, no, actually, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm making the best decision for everyone by, by staying in. Mm -hmm. It does make me wonder. um, It makes me hopeful that we're also coordinating efforts in the game space to try and help folks who are not privileged in the same way i've seen a Mm -hmm. number of different um i'm starting to see like facebook groups pop up there's a covid19 portland oregon response group uh on facebook where you can get involved and people are sharing information about ways to develop tools to make sure that if somebody is in need they're able to um to reach out and get that assistance because there are some folks who are way more vulnerable to to this than others Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives everybody an opportunity to do their part. Increasingly, I think we'll see other groups in the gaming space do work to make sure that they are are upping that outreach to people outside of the gaming space as well. Player vs. Hunger is a nonprofit that we've talked about a number of times run by Fluffy Pancake, who is an absolutely phenomenal person. Uh, yeah. They work to tackle issues of food insecurity in America. They just launched their new Outplay Hunger initiative to try and help tackle these issues that are um, happening with food insecurity as a result of, I mean, a lot of people are are stocking up on supplies, sometimes to even excessive means. And that means yeah. that people who don't have access to to income to, don't mm-hmm. have access to the transportation to be able to uh, to stockpile their own resources. Like these are the people who are going to be the most vulnerable. The workers who still have to go to the jobs in which, like, we're going mm-hmm. to obtain the supplies, who are handling them. I'm gonna. Oh my god. Sorry. I'm gonna start crying. Um, mm-hmm. God, I'm just so upset because there are so many people who just have to look at this and say. <laughs> Yep, this is uh, this is just a thing that I might have to deal with, and um, you know we've we've all got friends who are are immunocompromised. Like I, I can virtually guarantee you know somebody who mm-hmm. like looks like they're okay, and actually this could be a really significant um, illness for them. There are people mm-hmm. who are not. Um, like the more just talking about the mortality rate is not enough there are people like hospitalization is is intense there are people who need to be put on respirators and then here in america where like if you get sick and you get hospitalized we're talking about tens hundreds of thousands of dollars that like 
could literally change the course of a person's life like it's it's so heartbreaking mm-hmm. <laughs> to think about um and so i i am so glad that we have caring compassionate people like the folks at player versus hunger like all of the other initiatives that we've talked about um where folks are saying like these are the ways that I'm going to do my part and and this is the ability that I have right now and so I am going to use that ability mm-hmm. um, we'll make a list of of resources that you can consult if you're listening to this podcast and want to find a way to contribute to to artists to um to to any number of folks um and if you have resources yourself uh that you can add to that list ways that we can help make sure that people are being supported please send me an email uh josh at intellegame.us and um, i'll make sure that we add that to the thread because this is um this is a, a very this is an opportunity for us to start this is an opportunity for us to find ways to build community for all the discussion that we have had about division and all of the different forces that we have in our lives and in social media and all of these different places that stoke anger and and hatred and and all of this Mm -hmm. division this is a time where we like legitimately need to to work past work through those issues we need to be able to take actions that are good not just for ourselves but for people around us social distancing washing your hands like making sure that the people who are vulnerable about around you have the resources they need like this this is the time mm-hmm. and and we have those abilities we and for those of us that have those abilities we've we've got to use them i'm sorry i didn't mean a monologue there i just like no you you were on a roll and i wanted to let you because you're saying all the right things Um, (laughs) like i couldn't have said it more eloquently myself so i'm gonna let you (laughs) just be the word master and just craft (laughs) work your craft (laughs) uh, i just games are good but they're games are a a segment of our lived reality and we've got to we've got to see the responsibility that all of these things have you know our art helps keeps keep us motivated i i love i love that wholesome games are a thing right now like we need wholesome games we need the the brightness the aesthetic the the hope Mm -hmm. the ability to um to tackle dark intense situations but still focus on like love and and Mm -hmm. caring and joy i think i think you've used that that word on a number of occasions about yep about wholesome games does that does yeah. that, how, how does that feel for you i have to give you time to speak jenny <laughs> no, you say things so well <laughs> well and i think ultimately like it's hard because you you never want to to be trivialize like the seriousness of things that are happening but it's for me what is so critical is to not lose that sense of like there is joy there is happiness there is life that we have and 
while we do need to take everything seriously, we need to help each other, that needs to be part of our joy, right? Yeah. We have to take joy in helping each other, embrace, like, this is like, the fact that we can do this together is something that's so profoundly beautiful. And so I think um, not forgetting that is really important. Um, And to like tie it back, I guess, to wholesome games, like that's, that's what makes wholesome games and the culture and community that surrounds this mentality um, is so critically important to me. Um, It's because it represents that hopefulness and that joy that we cannot lose if we're to have any sort of like, we need to be able to like flourish and thrive throughout this and not just like think about surviving and like the the darkness of humanity, which is very easy to do. Um, it's very easy to go onto social media and just see things that are just not not great, to put it really mildly. Yeah. Um, and again, it's it's that balance. And I think for the last however many years <laughs> since certain political things have happened, <laughs> um, I think there has been this 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 education that we've had to have for ourselves and that we're still struggling with is how do we balance keeping informed, staying in the know, like understanding what is happening and what are the implications of what's happening, but not to drown ourselves in too much information and unnecessary and false information that that does not serve any purpose other than to like perpetuate fear and chaos and like calamity (laughs) and so i think that's why it's it's important to like occasionally do take that step back and like just find the little joys that you can yeah when you can oh my gosh it's so true i i think about um the last week tonight segment about uh that john oliver did on coronavirus and Mm -hmm. there's the the song that was made in vietnam about coronavirus and oh my like, gosh yes it's so good it's uh, a bop it's it so is, good oh it is a bag do they say banger anymore maybe it's a, it's a bop now i don't it, know it what? slaps okay it slaps, it slaps. that sounds now that we've said it it's done but <laughs> <laughs> right. sorry we've you're gonna have to find a new words kids um <sighs> but it is it is impossible to like listen to that song which is conveying like if you watch the full video on YouTube like not only is it conveying like the actual things that you do to try and and combat the spread of coronavirus washing your hands social distancing that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, not touching your face it's hard to not touch your face oh my gosh um, it's my struggle <laughs> but holy cow is that is that song so like uplifting and watching the the like TikToks of people putting together these dances that are, <laughs> yeah. it is, it is such an opportunity. It's a, it's a wholesome moment, right? Here is it this, is. this thing that you could look at as a complete existential tragedy, right? And instead here, and and <laughs> I guess perhaps to supplement or there, there's a frame that people are providing. Um, and actually, if you watch that full video, uh, there's also a certain amount of like Vietnamese resilience that the, that the, they are saying like they're saying like we as a country can come together we're strong we can fight this we mm-hmm. can we can contain this we can do something um mm-hmm. which to me felt really inspiring and and it does feel like a strange time to say like as an american anything because so frequently that prefix is used to supplement something like 
conflicting or horrible or you know right um, right but i do feel like there are a number of situations that we we have access to we can we can help each other as as members of our city as members of our state and as members of our country regardless of the mm-hmm. tumult that is taking on or that is going on like we we can help each other we can find good ways to get through this and to to make progress and man that song is so catchy it's so good, it's so good. <laughs> uh, well um i think i think that probably pretty well does it for this episode or sort of a special a, a special edition of intelligame yes. radio um, <laughs> jenny i i really appreciate you taking some time here where can folks uh find you or the things that you're working on over the uh the next few things um they can find me at intelligame club <laughs> <laughs> which is the intelligame game club yep. <laughs> it kind of explains itself in its title it does it? It, it does um, that's, that's part of why we did it <laughs> yeah so folks didn't know we have the intelli game club and that is a monthly look at a indie game uh and mm-hmm. monthly deeper dive into that indie game with the intelli game community both featuring the developer talking with them about their intentions and goals for what they're creating as well as a discussion with the community on what this game sort of means to them as they've played and some of the themes that we found cropped up during the game and um we've been featuring she dreams elsewhere that's going to be going live i guess as as this podcast goes live it is yep. the second episode's it's live concluded. yeah it's concluded um and so stay tuned we'll be announcing the next game um, very very soon and when that episode drops we'll also have discussion questions that if y'all want to participate with us we'd love to have you talking about just developing other community spaces yeah um but elsewhere on the internet folks can find me on twitter i'm pretty active on Twitter. Um, and that's just at kimchika25. And I also stream and create YouTube videos on twitch.tv slash kimchika and youtube.com slash kimchika. And I took a mini hiatus. It was just for PAX initially and then a couple extra weeks because I got a little bit of a cold and my voice went away, which makes it very hard to broadcast (laughs) and record voiceovers um and i didn't want to subject anyone to that so i've i've taken a little bit of a month break but those will be coming back uh this week good and we're looking forward to seeing you come back so yay and of course for folks looking for more intelligame content swing over to the homepage intelligame.us or you can follow us on social media at intelligame us most of all subscribe to the newsletter at intgm.us slash newsletter uh, whether you get the daily intellipost or the weekly intelligame recap uh, that's a great way to fight the algorithms in our lives and get information about things that are going on in the intelligame space Thank you so much for joining us this week. We will see you next Monday. Until then, keep intelligating. As one quick bonus, there's one other game that we wanted to make sure that we talked about before we let you go. Jenny? Yes. Welcome to Elk. Oh, my gosh. As soon as we signed off the podcast, I was like, wait, we didn't talk about Welcome to Elk, which is... And I was like, we need to talk about Welcome to Elk. So good. (laughs) One of the... Yes.
my favorite games from PAX East. There were so many more, but if we had to pick one more to talk about, Welcome to Elk. It's by Triple Topping. Uh, where do you even start with this game? It's like a semi-biographical adventure game. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a game that it, it it feels like it takes this wholesome aesthetic, but it tells real person stories and some of them are exceptionally dark. But I think that perhaps in a time like this where like these stories are, are of people who have gone through trauma and heartbreak and, and loss, uh, but they also are like just real people who live lives that are upbeat and enjoyable and find peace and friendship and love. And it's really important to have stories like that right now where people mm -hmm. can say, here is darkness, but here are the ways that we can create light, find light, um, have light in our lives after these things have happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so important to have that, like, to understand the duality that can be present and that is it that's so apparent in Welcome to Elk, and I'm very excited for that game. I believe if you sign up for their newsletter, which is really exciting, um, they actually have the option. You don't have to do this if you don't want to provide your address, but they'll send you a postcard, um, I think with a little note from the developers if you sign up for their newsletter and oh, wow. provide your address. So that's really cool. I've never seen that happen, and I thought that was very fun and just really neat. Um, and I think they might, in the newsletter, they tell you even more stories that you might find in the game and that helps supplement what you'll find in the game. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for, for bringing that back up. Yes. Folks, check out, check out the games we talked about. We'll link to uh, all this information in the show notes. Have a great week. We will see you next Monday. Bye.